This is an SM Media production. Hi there and welcome to the opening edition of The Sit Down on SM Media. I am Scott McPike, I'm going to be the host of this show and I'm delighted to finally bring you this show. First guest this week, I'm very excited to welcome Scott McLean, former Kilmarnock player and now the Pride of Darvel. Scott, how are we doing mate? Thanks very much for coming on. No problem, thanks very much for having me on. No problem at all and congratulations anyway on the, the birth of the first child, you and Zoe. How's fatherhood treating you so far? Uh, it's been good, to be fair. Um, best one ever. Um, Seeing a kid born. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of sleepless nights ahead, I think. First one was last night. Just get, just get introduced to that world. I know, I know. It's a, it's a big, big shock, to be fair. Usually, I'm, I quite like my sleep, but... No. Got go, go to play my part and get up, Definitely. sadly. Definitely. And we'll kick off. How you been during the kind of what we're all dealing with now? Like, how you been getting on? I've actually, I've been fine. Um, obviously, it's a bit different because my partner, was she was pregnant at the time. Right. Um, so she finished her work. She was nearly to go back in. So she finished in, like, March when this all kind of kicked off. And then, obviously, I was off for kind of 10 or 11 weeks. So it's quite good. Um, getting to spend a bit of time um, whilst she was pregnant because obviously I'd, I'd usually been at work and she'd have been at work. Yeah. So it was quite nice at, at the start and stuff and then it, it starts to kind of work on you. You get a bit more frustrated at the fact that you can't really leave the house or right. you can't do things you used to do. And I, I love that more than going and kicking a ball somewhere. Mm-hmm. Even, if it, even at this age, just going to a cage or whatever it is and just kicking a ball for an hour. And not being able to do just be simple things like that, it gets to. You, I know you. Aye, aye. We're all kind of, we're all kind of in the same boat as well. Like slowly getting back to some sort of normality. But here's hoping we get there. And as well as that, like what's your kind of big takeaway for the, the pandemic? As we say, like what you kind of, what was the one thing you kind of missed more than anything? Like kicking a ball about, I take it. Aye? Um, I I think obviously last season when I was at Annan. I was doing a lot of travelling and stuff like that, and I probably didn't enjoy my football last season as much as I, I could have. Yeah. Um, with it, with it, I was doing travelling, and I was up and down the roads, and especially when it gets into the winter, you're going the dark nights down the country roads, and to get ultimately down the island, it's two hours away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a big commitment. So it got to the point where I was getting dead frustrated with that. and uh, But then having that wee break, you maybe think at the start it was no so bad, mm-hmm. but after five, six weeks of no football, it, it grinds on you. Um, obviously, it's something you've done for years and years and years, and you're going to miss it. So it, it, it was tough. And that, well, that's my big, that's my big takeaway. Aye. Football shouldn't be cancelled. You think so? You think? Nah, should just I think, carry on. And especially like I think they just finished seventh. I'm in that like last season was that like averaged at about seventh. Uh, Seventh or eighth, I think. Aye. Um, but to be fair, we were out it. We were, um, well, no mathematically out it, but I think other teams were starting to build a bit of momentum last year. Um, when we we won it, we we didn't win a game for a good few weeks, and obviously, in, in that league, 
you obviously you've got Cove, you've got Edinburgh City, and they're, they're the kind of two top clubs. But yeah. the rest, it's it's our next battle. Emily could meet beat Emily. Nah, as yeah, one of the leagues, so, nah, as one of the leagues, well, I think that season they two, they two did run away with it. I think Cove won by about twenty points and end up, but it's as one of the leagues. I think where like anybody can beat anybody. Like we see, you know, strange results all the time in that league. Well, the one the one that stands out for me last year was we beat Cove seven one. Aye, all right, I remember that. We beat Cove seven one, and then we played them about a month later and get beat four 0 it's crazy. Like, you go from that high to that low right. in the space of four or five weeks. Or well, you maybe go for that high, beating the top team in that league, who undoubtedly were the, were the top team, to then maybe playing a kind of lesser team than them, maybe counting beef or yeah. Alvin Rovers or whatever it is, and drawing or getting beat. It's that's, that's just that league for you. It's a very, very top league to get out. And as well as that, Cove come straight up, come up for the Lowland League as well. Brought in Paul Hartley, like were they a good side? Like they were very good. Uh, they signed, they signed boy Fraser Fivey. Yeah, um, won the Scottish Cup with Hibs and everything like that, and played down south. And you could just tell when you when you start start the season, it's the same as always. You're in the group chat with the boys, and messages are kind of flying about that. Yeah. Your opponents are signing this person and that person, and then when somebody fires that in the chat, that they're signing Fivey, and then they're signing Rory McAllister, who ultimately is probably the most prolific goal scorer in the lower leagues of Scotland. Yeah, he's um, always he's always there about, and he? he's always bagging them in. Yeah, so it's it was one of them. I think when you see things like that, you you always expect them to go on and be a, a top team in that league. Yeah. And I was I wasn't surprised to see them go straight up again. Aye. Aye, they do look good as well. If they keep Paul Hartley, they'll, be, they'll probably go up and up because he's very, very good. He's actually as well done a pretty good job at Dundee. I think he was kinda of there when he was there when that all kinda of went down financially, but he was he kinda of held that kind of team together. So a great job for him getting that. Uh, We'll move on as well. We'll start with your early years playing football and things like that, like growing up. Just tell me a bit about where you grew up and what kind of family life was like for you. I grew up near. Um, family life was, my mum was a, she was a single parent, so it was just me and my mum. Mm-hmm. For, what age would I have been? I'd have been 12 or 13 when she met my stepdad, Brian. Okay. Um, so it was just me, me and my mum. She used to take me to all my football and everything growing up. I played with Air Thistle when I was about four or five. And then I remember getting hurt one game. Right. And obviously when you're young, it's like the end of the world getting Aye. hurt. <laughs> so I, I think I chopped football for about a year, six months, a year. I wasn't really that interested. And then I went to, I moved to school. And all the wee boys in the school played with this wee team here, Air Juniors. Mm-hmm. And um, they were like the, 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 better, the best team probably in my area. They used to win, like, like I think they went two two or three seasons unbeaten. Um, but then one, one day they come in and said that they'd been beat for this team Southside. So I thought, I'm going to try my luck and try and get in there. <laughs> uh, so I managed to get in. Uh, and I was at Southside until I was 15. 
played boys club all the way up till I was fifteen. So um, that that was great. I loved that. Like the boys, all the coaches. Um, it was brilliant. We kind of kept that a kind of core group of boys going all the way up. Do you think that helped you as well? Like, do you think that helped you as well? Like having that kind of core group, kind of, especially when you went on to where you went on to, like having the boys that you played with all your all your kind of younger days and things like that, like having them around about you. Definitely, I think too many kids. Also, think there comes a time where when you're younger, then it has to become a bit more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. one playing with your friends and stuff like that. But if you really want to make it as a footballer, you need to play with the best team. Ultimately, yeah. I think that's the only way you're going to get better, is mm-hmm. playing with better players. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough when I went into Southside that it was a, it was a very, very good team. Um, and we done well. We won the Glasgow Cup. Right. Um, we, beat the, we beat the Scottish Cup winners in the final. We got to the semi-final of the Scottish Cup the season before. Um, won the league, won all the cups. Like we won everything, kind of like domestically, locally. So, I definitely, I, they, they were they were brilliant, and they were brilliant for me growing up as well. Aye. Just another thing as well, like who did you grow up supporting, and maybe your kind of earliest football memories, like supporting the team and things like that. I was actually, I was a Rangers fan. Right. When I was when I was right young, um, I must have been. What age? I went to I went to a Catholic school, and I I got my my Holy Communion I've written and a a Rangers tartan. Really? Uh, hi. So <laughs> that was that, that was just me. I I love I just love football. It wasn't it wasn't really a tartan or anything for me. It was just all no. like the colours. Yeah. So no. That was that. I was a Rangers fan until I was about maybe eight or nine, maybe ten. What changed? And then I just decided Scottish football was, in my head, I decided that Scottish football was rubbish. I didn't yeah. want to support a Scottish team anymore. <laughs> so I started supporting, I started supporting Liverpool. I'd always kind of had a wee, a wee thing for Liverpool because my uncle supported them. Right. I was dead, like, close to my uncles and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, it was a case of just stopping supporting Scottish teams and I just focused solely on Liverpool. Nah, who were your kind of idols then, like? Watching t- watching the football and kind of things like that. Who were the kind of people you wanted to emulate? My first like inspiration. I I loved Ronaldinho. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, um, I remember going to Barcelona and I get a uh, remember the yellow Barcelona top. Yeah, it was like a luminous yellow. Yeah, I get that and I get Ronaldinho ten in the back and. I'd have wore that seven days a week, yeah, 24 hours a day. Like, yeah, he was different class, wasn't he? Like, just his skill. Oh, he was, he was phenomenal. He was brilliant. So i definitely say he was, he was the player I looked up to when I was young. And then it kind of changed. And I went through a stage of when Steven Torres was at Liverpool. Yeah. He was like, he was like God to me. No, I, I thought he was at, I thought he was a bee's knees. He was brilliant. So uh, he was still my. I'd probably still say my my favourite player. Even when he moved back to Atletico Madrid and everything like that. Um, no, so much when he went to Chelsea. I wasn't too happy then. But when he moved back to Atletico Madrid and that, I, I kind of liked him a wee bit better. Were you surprised when he went to Chelsea that he didn't kind of make it there? 
No, no, not really. I think at Liverpool he was the main man. Him and Gerard were the were the main kind of focal point. No, and I, I can't even mind that Chelsea if Drogba that was it. Drogba would still have been there, aye. Uh, I think they're they're more suited to to Chelsea if you get me. Yeah. Physical, fair enough. I'm not saying Torres wasn't a physical player, but he was more a kind of technical player. Um, they could finish and link up, whereas Drogba was a kind of not not a batting run, but he was physical, whole player, scored goals, and he just suited the way Chelsea played. I don't think Torres kind of fitted the mould there. Mhm. Mhm. As well as that, like he he went on, he scored a winning goal in the Euros, and then like a couple of years later, he just something went wrong like it was was it the pressure of the big move I don't know but he was when he was a Liverpool he was fighting like he was I know. he was just so far ahead of, he was the best striker in the world definitely back then oh he was like down. but you hear, hear Gerrard talking about him and then and Gerrard always says that Suarez was a better player but mm-hmm. he just had that connection with Torres straight away it was as yeah. if it was like telepathic and knew where they would be so he could, together, the, he, could, he could play the pass without even like thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. We'll move on as well. We'll talk about how did you how did you kind of get scouted for Coman? Like, and when was that? Like, how did that come about? Um, I was I went through trials and everything and trained with clubs for years. Um, I was up and doing it at Monday about maybe three or four times, and then I was in it Morton. St Mirren and Kilmarnock at one time right and I was tra- I was training like five nights a week and playing my, I was basically playing seven days because I was training Monday to Friday playing a Saturday in my boys club and then I was playing like one of them on a Sunday so it was it was a lot of travel a lot of commitment and my mum uh, at the time she was still a single mum at the time so mm-hmm. uh, it came to the point where I kind of sacked them all off and I played boys club again for another kind of couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then I got asked to go into St. Martin again and Kilmarnock. So I done that because I was getting to the point where I was 15 years old. I thought it's either you do, you do it now or you don't do it. So I took the week and I took the step to go in there. And it's, it's always hard getting into a club like that because the boys have usually been together for years. No. Um, and it's trying to work your way in to be one of them. So I went up to St Mum and it was all right, it was good, but I went into Kilmarnock and I knew a couple of boys in there and it was just, I went home and I said to my mum and that, I said that I'd rather just kind of focus on the one. Mm-hmm. And obviously she was like, no, you, you stick it both. She says you, you can maybe get something for both of them. Yeah. And it's a case of you can choose. Um so I played I played a couple of games with Kilmarnock in the seventeens, but it was I was only fifteen, so it was like it, the way it worked was you played fifteens, then you went to seventeen, so Aye. you'd be an under sixteen playing the year above. So I was in there and that was good. Paul Wright and Alan Johnson, no Alan Johnson, Alan Robertson were my okay. my coaches. Uh so I went in, played a couple of games, done well, and they offered me a deal. Mm-hmm. And St. Mum had no offered me a deal, but basically like hinted towards it. 
and then Kilmarnock asked me to play against St Mon on a Sunday. Right. And then St Mon asked me to play against Kilmarnock on that Sunday. Oh, really? So I'd, I'd, I'd already agreed to Kilmarnock, so then I played and I scored. And then after it, St Mon asked me to sign after scoring against them and playing against them. Right. But I'd already agreed to, to sign yeah. with Kilmarnock, so that, that was how that had happened. That's how it all, all kind of started for me. And obviously, like you're doing that when you're coming through school as well, with school kind of in the back burner there, and were you just football, football? I'll be honest, I never really took to school at all. Um, school was never really uh, big for me. Nah. Like obviously, some 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 kids take to academic, like are, are academically suited for school, but my 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 like main focus was football. Mm. I never really took much to do with school. No reason I went to school really in my mind was to play with the school football team. Right, okay. And I never like I'd I'd, I'd hate getting in, obviously. Mm. No kid likes going to school, but uh, I, I I had in my head early on that if I, as soon as I can get out of here, I'm out. Mm-hmm. So did you leave in like fourth year, right? I left would that have been four? Can I end? Aye, probably fourth year. Fourth year. Um, but it was a case of I'd get asked and I'd get asked in the January if I wanted to go in and train with the 20s. Right. Full time. Like, obviously, wouldn't get paid or anything like that, but it would be a case of I was 15 and I thought I need to can I take that opportunity up. So I in and train kind of full time for six months with Kelly. Or kind of four, four, five months with Kelly, uh, with his twenties. So obviously, me going for a boys' club to doing that, it was like six months later. I was up with the twenties and stuff like that. So it was, a, it was a big, big jump, and I, I had to take it with both, uh, both hands. So it was a case of me just going into school and saying that basically I, I wouldn't be back. And right, okay, that, that was the that was the kind of career path I was I was wanting to take. So. Um, I didn't go back in. I signed my leavers forms, and then I went in and trained full time, mm-hmm. which just, ultimately got me my, my contract. Aye, and just when you signed your contract as well, who were some of the players in that team you played with? Like they were coming through at the same time as you. In the under twenties, um, there was Greg Kilty, mm-hmm. um, Adam Hodge, uh, Sam Le- Greg Taylor. He's done very well for himself. Yeah, how's that? Um, David Sign. A lot of these boys are now going to be playing against me at the juniors again. Right. But there was a, there was a good few who, probably a good few that didn't make it, that should have made it, I think. Mm-hmm. And what was the coaches like as well? Would they, would they give you a bit of kind of, would they give you a bit of stack or would they be like, would they be helping you through it? Would they be giving you kind of tips and things like that or would they be kind of on your neck? Paul Wright was my, my coach at Seventeens, and he was tough but fair. Very, yeah. very tough but fair. Um, if you've done well, we'd tell you, but if you've done bad, he'd also he'd, he'd definitely let you know. Um, but he was he was brilliant for me. Getting in, obviously, um, from boys club, it was, a, it was a basically a case of like shape up or shape out with him. 
I think I knew yeah. if, I, if I didn't if I didn't go in and hit the ground running, then I'd, I'd find myself on the bench. And obviously, if you've only got a year, you kind of get a contract. That's not what you're going to do. So he was brilliant with me. Alan Robertson, when I moved up to the twenties, he was brilliant again. Mm-hmm. He was really really good. Um, but I think he was more a kind of he'd been there, done it. He'd been the coach for a while. He'd probably seen all types of players, all different types of characters and personalities as well. So he kind of knew how to deal with most people. Yeah. So he he was he was really good, and he always kind of helped you through if you were on the plane. He'd always kind of keep you keep you in your toes, keep you fat, uh, give you wee tips, wee ideas to kind of probably ultimately change his mind and get you playing. Mm-hmm. So. When you kind of finished up with the kind of youth team as well, like how long were you kind of playing there, like youth before kind of getting through the kind of first team? I was. I, well, I made my debut when I was seventeen, so about I was in one one year, well six months at under seventeens, and then I was about a year, so about about a year and a half. Going for boys' club to end of the first team. Mm-hmm. But was it kind of reserve league, like that kind of age, like where you kind of play, were you playing against players kind of the similar age to you, or were like, were you well, getting, then you getting, play, were you getting that experience? You play, like? I, I, you could, you could definitely, like, obviously, if you're younger, it was, it didn't matter who you played against, they were probably going to be older than you. Yeah. Um, I remember we, we played Rangers, and I was playing against Ross Perry. Right, okay. Um, he's now my teammate at Darrow, but yeah. uh, he was he played Champions League for Rangers, mm-hmm. and I had I was at, I was at school, and it was a Tuesday night, and I got a, it was a phone call on a Monday night asking if I could make the squad for the twenties on a Tuesday, and I turned up, and I, I wasn't expecting to play. Right, I was just expecting to be on the bench, and then I played. And I played on the left side, and I, I remember cutting in and stuff like that. And I was playing against him, and I'm thinking, Jesus, like he's he's played the Rangers in the Champions League, and I've just sat six hours in school and had maths last period, and <laughs> it was kind of it was it was kind of surreal. Obviously, now you think about it a bit more, and you think it's just the kind of it's just the pathway you take to get there, but. Back then, you, you go into school the next day and you're, oh, I was playing against this person, I was playing against that person. But now, I just see them as, as players. It's not uh, so much like names. And did you get like, then, did you get like starstruck? Like, as you say, like with Ross Perry, but like you, we spoke about it earlier, like you were playing against some decent players, can even at that level. I know they can, uh, then you don't realise what they're going to be, but could you, did you get starstruck when like, you're playing against like some Marcus Rashford, as you said, and things like that. I I think you, you definitely you, you you notice things. You you notice they're maybe slightly different to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Whether it be their physicality or their speed or their strength or their technical ability, you, you always notice wee things about a player. Mm-hmm. It's also like when you're, when you're playing against somebody, the first thing you want to do is see that uh, you your direct opponent. You want to notice what their weaknesses are. So you, you try, say I'm, I'm right wing, you're playing against a left back, you want to try and test his pace, so you maybe knock it the first five. 
first time you get the ball, first five minutes, knock it down the line, test his speed. If he's quicker than you, you know you're not going to outpace him. Right. So it's just a case of turning that around, turn it into your advantage. So maybe if he's a, he's a, if he's a left footer, most left backs are going to be left footed, aren't they? So right. his weaker side is going to be inside, whereas I'm, I can play on both feet like, quite comfortably. So I wouldn't mind coming inside and playing my left or shooting my left. Or, so it was just a case of even playing against playing against Daniel Fisher at Celtic and mm-hmm. even Kieran Tierney at Celtic. Kieran Tierney was very, very, still is very, very left-footed. Mm-hmm. So, and he was quicker than me, stronger than me. So I knew for a fact playing against like a KT that going down the line wasn't, wasn't going to work for me. Yeah. So it was a case of maybe trying to come more infield and find pockets and turn and play and link up with strikers or things like that. So it's, it's, it's although although I said football, although I said school is not important, but it's 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 like problem solving. Yeah. You're you're trying you're trying to work out what your opponent's strengths and weaknesses are, and then you're trying to work out yours to how you're going to be able to ultimately get the better of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just when you were kind of breaking into the first team, it was was Lee Clark the manager when you broke in? Is that right? It was Gary Gary Lock. Gary Lock. Gary Locke was my manager, um, and it was quite funny because I had I wasn't even playing with the with the twenties really. We'd come back from pre-season. No, we'd just come back into pre-season. Sorry, and uh, with a couple of be friendlies, and I wasn't really playing, and I was getting that I was getting scunnered because it was going to miss the second year of my deal, right? Um, and it was my last year to kind of get a new deal, and mm-hmm. I was kind of I was kind of panicking a wee bit but um, we played like an 11 v 11 game in training and I done really well in that game and then we played Motherwell in a friendly um, on the what would that have been the Monday and then we played that's a lie sorry we played Morton in a friendly on the Saturday, we played Queen of the South and the first team in a friendly on a Friday night. Right. So we, every player was meant to play 45 each. So I, I wasn't involved in the squad on the Saturday and the, in the Friday night, sorry, against Queen of the South. But I get, a, I get into the training on the Saturday morning and uh, it was the assistant, Peter Leaving, said to me, he says, you'll be involved with the first team. Mm-hmm. And I was straight away, I was thinking to myself, hardly kicked up off of the 20s, how's this happening? Mm-hmm. So I had to do I did do the training session in the morning, which obviously it's a pre-season session, so it's no not exactly it's a walk in the park. Yeah. So I done that, and then we done. Uh, a guy pulled me aside and says you'll come on for Dale Carrick and fifteen minutes in because he played sixty last night. So I went on, and I think it was more the adrenaline got me through the game because I was yeah. absolutely gobbled. Honestly, and I, I had a really, really good game against Morton. Um, nearly scored, hit the post. Um, and I think from then on, I was more or less involved with the first team. But still, no really playing with the 20s. It was, it was very, very strange. I was like training with the first team, but then I was maybe only playing 60 minutes for the 20s or whatever it would be coming on. Some games, and then we played a game against Motherwell on uh, Monday and I played the uh, played the 90 minutes and I played well 
scored, set up one. And then it was after the game, somebody told me to go down and check the, the hamper for the boots and stuff. Yeah. And it was a uh, squad list v Celtic, and I'm reading down it, and I see my name, and I'm, I was like, "Geez, oh, how's that happen?" <laughs> so I went in pre-match and everything the day before uh, the the night of the game, and my mum and my my mum and my stepdad at that time were in in America, right? So I phoned them after the model game. I said, "I'm in the squad tomorrow," and they. Uh, they were like, like, no way, like, how's this happened? Like, we're away, and we'll know if you, if you get on or that, we're not going to see it. No. So, uh, it was a case of trying to work out for their side how to, how to get in to watch the game, just in case. What was that? I wasn't expecting to play. I was just expecting to be in the stand. I wasn't, was not expecting to be involved, really. And he turned up, and he, he named me on the bench. No. And it was getting, we went one, one nil down, one each, two one, and then we got a penalty. Right. And I was meant to come on before the penalty. And uh, I was standing up my strip and everything on, and I, like the nerves were crazy. Like, I was, I was, honestly, I was so. So nervous, like scared. It's more scared than anything Aye. because I'm thinking you're going to play against them. If you lose the ball, they score. Like that's no. Obviously, you, you're, you're trying to think positive, but you're also thinking the negatives as soon as you go on that pitch. So I got halted for about it was about three, four minutes till the penalty. That went. we scored the penalty. Carl Higginbotham chipped it in the middle. Right. Uh, and then I come on, and it was it was surreal. It was mental. But how long did you get? Aye, how long did you get that day? Like how long? When did you come on? Oh, wasn't it long? Wasn't it long? It was kind of the last couple of minutes. Right. Was it? Was it a buzz? Like just was it? Did the buzz kick in while you you were, you were coming on, or was it still like nerves? Especially when you're playing against like a team like Celtic, who genuinely would have felt different if you'd played against like another team, or would it have been just because it was that team? That we kind of nerves kicked I think I, I do think it was it was to do with the, the team, uh, mostly because you like, when you're watching the game you can see any wee mistakes we were doing they would catalyze on them they'd either get a corner or a shot away something like that so it was more a case of like when when he told me to get stripped I was like it was it was the best feeling ever mm-hmm. uh, but. Getting ready and standing there, and then it kind of it dawns on you. You think this is happening, and if I make a mistake, are they going to go and score? If that happens, am I ever going to get a chance again? Things like that. But that that's probably the only only time I've really really been nervous. Mm-hmm. After that, I was fine. Right, playing games and everything. I've, I've never really I've never been one for being nervous. Right. That night, I was. I was very, very nervous. Mm-hmm. That's a decent result as well, two each, like it's... Oh, two each live in BT Sport, I've That's it. Live in the telly, ah. open game. Can't beat that. Ah, probably. Probably. Yeah. Still got it recorded. Really? Hi. That's never, that's never going to be, is it? That's... Nah, that's getting a wee K on it. <laughs> <laughs> see, just, see, just while we're on that, like, do you... 
then like do you when you're saying like Van Dyke was it and that was in that team, do you have that they kind of goosebumps of like I'm playing against these type of players? Like uh-huh. well that was that was what uh that's what I get told when I was going on. Um Gary Locke said to me, um just go on and and play your game. He says just do what you did yesterday and um and you'll be fine. I want you to go up front and play well, no, up front, I want you to go up and play like between Van Dyke and Izagiri. But he says, if they break, you've got to chase Izagiri as far as you can. So I'm thinking they, these two minutes could feel like 20 minutes nah. because <laughs> if he breaks, then it's a, it's a long run back and he's quite quick as well. So, But definitely going to to play against like Sir like, Virgil Van Dyke and Izagiri. It's. it's Something that no many folk get to do. And is that as well? Like obviously the commandment team, like who were the characters in that commandment team when you're you're breaking through there, like and were they kinda um, help were they kinda help you through it as well? Like were they I I definitely. Big Josh McGinnis. Um acting Josh's boots. Right. And I'm I'm hundred percent sure he he used to take boots home, stamp about his back garden in them and bring them back <laughs> in for me to clean. Because uh, he, he, every day he'd have about six pairs of boots needing cleaned. Uh, Stevie Smith, I cleaned his boots as well. I don't know whether it was because, see, because I cleaned their boots, I was, I was probably closer to them. Yeah. Um, but they were they were really, really good to me. Um, Boydie, big Boydie. I've, I couldn't say a bad word about him. He's been brilliant. Yeah, he's good. Um, he, was, he was top class in me coming through and even the night I made my debut, he picked me up. I couldn't drive, so he came and picked me up. He took me up and everything like that. And if I was in the squads and that, he would always, always pick me up and we'd go for a cost at Darnley anyway. Aye. Aye, so he was, he was brilliant. Aye, he's good. He's, he, he is good. He's a good guy. As well as that, like, have you got any kind of stories for them? Like, oh, kind of, that stick in your head? Um. I've got one at Christmas. I just talked talk about characters and stuff like that. Like, uh, we used to do, all the, all the under-20s had to do was sing a song for the first team right. uh, at Christmas. So you had to, uh, in, the, in, the, in the Kelly changing room, it was like a big, just a big square like that. So they'd all sit around and then you'd have to stand like bang smack in the middle and and sing or dance or do whatever. <laughs> and uh, it was the losing, the losing, the, the person that was the worst had to like go in the shower and their slips and basically get like eggs and milk and flour and everything flung over. And uh, I had, I had honestly, I've been home and practiced this song so much. <laughs> like, I swear I couldn't, I, I, I was a cert. In my head, I was a cert to like definitely not be in the bottom two at least. Aye. And uh, I went in and completely froze and forgot every <laughs> word. And I just kind of stood there and uh, I've got music playing on my phone and everything. And it was it was a disaster. But then uh, David Sign decided to go in after me and uh, decided that he wasn't going to sing or dance. He was just going to do impressions of the first team. <laughs> so 
he went in and he, he started like, first thing, he started slagging like the manager. Um, it, like Alan Johnson at the time, I don't know where he'd been for a couple of sunbeds or he'd been in holiday, but probably, <laughs> probably a sunbeds. Um, but it, 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 it was quite tanned. Aye. And uh, first thing Davy says when he walks through the door was, sorry I'm late boys, I was just finishing that sunbed. <laughs> and then it was everybody, it was, it was either going to go one or two ways. It was either going to be like hilarious and everybody was going to laugh or it was going to be dead, dead awkward. Aye. And um, it, went, it went the worst way for him because everybody just kind of sat quiet. And then he started like, uh, the tactics bowled up and he was slaughtering players and it was oh my it's, it's one of the funniest and worst things I've ever seen in my life um, but he saved me for getting done in with eggs and flour and milk so it was him that he finished bottom but they did say I was a very very close second bottom <laughs> who was the song? James Bear I think let it go he gives a rendition in it. Nah, <laughs> can't mind the luck. So when I th- when you kind of made your debut, like you signed a three-year contract extension after that, like how did you feel yeah. when that came up? It was I didn't expect it to be fair. Um, I knew that I'd probably merited a, a new deal, um, considering like the progress that I'd made over like a year and a half. So after I made my debut. It was it wasn't long after that I get the my agent messaged me and said uh, they've offered you a three year, and there wasn't really much talk about it before then, so it was a kind of wee shock to me. Um, so obviously I agreed terms and stuff like that and and signed it, but it was that was that was another it was an amazing feeling again because I just thought that that's me sorted for another three years and. Uh, you know, I can just fully focus on football and not worry about what's going to happen at the end of the season. Am I going to have a job? Am I not? And so it was good. It was it was good that way. The fact that I could that I could then just focus on football. Mm-hmm. And then Gary Lock leaves and Lee Clark comes in. Is that yeah? How uh, Gary what was he like? Lee Clark was <laughs> it was a it was a mixed bunch at the start. I don't think he fancied me at all. Right. But at the end, we we got on brilliant. Um, he uh, got a lot left, and he wasn't getting the results. But I think he I think he left too early, right? Because we were coming up to a run of games where, fair enough, I don't think we'd won in six or seven, but we were, we were coming up to a run of games. We are looking at thinking if we can. Get a point there or a, a win there. You're, you're looking back at the table, you're not looking down. So I think he left a wee bit early, and obviously, when Jig took over for him as interim, Jig got results. Jig mm-hmm. done all right yeah. uh, at the start, and then obviously, Lee Clark came in, and I'd I just signed a, a three year deal uh, no long before, and then um, he was, uh, he was. Quite keen at the start. Everything, everything looked alright at the start. Played eleven v elevens and stuff like that. Obviously, he was trying to get a, a good look at his, his kind of squad and see what he could do with it. Um, and it was all alright. And then we went to well, the first team went to Marbella, 
for pre-season. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't I wasn't included, and I I kind of felt hard done by considering that I'd been in, involved with them for about a year and I'd played, and it was a kind of kind of kick in the teeth. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of the things you have to go on with. So I done my pre-season with the twenties here. Um, under Paul Stevenson, he was a new under twenties manager. Right. Um, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant to me. Um, got, got a, I, I couldn't say a bad word about him either. Um, couldn't say a bad word about Lee Clark either. To be fair, um, they were both very, very good. But I think it was a case at the start. Obviously, he's trying to work out his squad and the bulk of the bulk of his kind of start eleven. He's trying to work that out and then. Yeah. He kind of brought in, Lee Clark brought in a, an overhaul of English players. Mm-hmm. All the, all the, it was as if, but with the way we looked at it at the time, was you just get no chance here. Because he brought in boys from down south that weren't any better. Right, okay. Were, were not any better than under, well, some of the under 20s we had. Um, so it was a case, it was a, Probably a reality check for me, and uh, I now look back at it and think that's probably it. Probably stood me in good stead because he brought players in for down south that I, I thought I was better than. And right, okay. They were training and playing, and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So it made me work harder because I, I, I had it myself. I had to prove that I was I was better than them. What, like, why were they playing ahead of me, or why were they training up there, and I wasn't? And just by watching that as well, like do you, as obviously during that time, Kilmarnock when it were a kind of a bit of financial trouble, was the kind of atmosphere at the club kind of playing a part on what was going on in the park and kind of vice versa, like, like to be fair, the, the likes of see the financial side that players never really knew much. Right. Okay. Also, you hear the stories and stuff, but the club were the club were good at dealing with away for away for the players and. Even even like some bonuses and stuff. Um, so obviously winning bonuses and like appearance bonuses and goal bonuses or whatever you, whatever you get. Everything was dealt with like very very well. There was nothing really wrong. With it. Mm-hmm. And while we're on that as well, just like saying like when you say Lee McCulloch come in, the fact that Lee McCulloch had been where he was, like it just coming coming for Rangers. Obviously, wanted to make his start in kind of coaching. Did you see that was? Did he look as if he had the kind of idea like what he was doing coaching wise? Like, did he was he pretty um, good? He obviously, looks like he got a good football in mind. But did you notice that as soon as you kind of met him? Jake came in. He came in as a player. He came in as a player coach. Yeah. Um, and he played. I think we played Ross County first game of the season, and he, he lasted about twenty minutes, and then come off. All right. I think it was his calf. Um, and then after that, he just took a complete back, like, back seat with the, the playing side and focused mainly on the coaching. But it was, Jig, Jig was good at the, at the start. Jig was, he was brilliant to me. He was, he was always giving me wee tips, always giving me advice, talking me through his career, things he did in his career that are similar that I could do in mine. And, um, it, it took a lot of time to to actually get to know me and stuff. So yeah. I, he was very good to me at the start, and then 
when Lee Clark get the the job, obviously I, I just no longer signed a three year deal. And uh, after pre season and stuff, he kind of he basically told me I could I could leave. Right. Um, I could go and get a new club, and obviously I had never I'd never been in that situation before, so I'd never I'd, I never knew the ins and outs of it. So I had um, I got in contact with my agent, and I said basically. He just told me I can go, and he was like, "We've you've just signed a three-year contract. It's no, yeah, it's not as easy as that." And I was like, "Well, what what happens now?" He says, "Well, it's just a case to try to find your club." Um, so that was when I went my wee ventures down south. Was it Burnley the first uh, one? Is that right? Yeah, I was at Burnley. Um, we had played. We we had a boy on loan, Luke Hendry for Burnley. Right. He played right back. Um, I think he's at Grimsby Town or something now. Okay. But he, he good good player. Um, really nice boy. Uh, he was at, he was doing a, I think he was doing a, a degree on, like sports analysis. Right. Something along the lines. So he was all he was always watching the twenties games and um, basically doing doing the match report. All right. Okay. So. Um, what we played, we played a couple of games, and obviously, uh, I'd, I'd done well in them. And I was still in the back of my mind thinking, how can they be saying I can I can just leave? Like I was I was playing like well, and then we played Hibs away, um, at the Orium, and I played well. It's a Tuesday, and I'd done well. Um, scored I think, set up one. We won two one. Um, my manager at the time, Paul Stevenson, he was he was like buzzing with me. He was like, "If you just keep going like that, you'll be you'll be fine." Yeah. But in in my head, I'd kind of no, I I'd never never chuck it. I'd never chuck it at a club. But I'd I'd kind of thought to myself, well, "Why why am I not even getting an opportunity to kind of prove myself? I'm, yeah. I'm playing well and and stuff like that, and I'm I'm getting nowhere near it." So it was that night I got home and my agent phoned me about eight o'clock and he says, I've just had Burnley on the phone and they want you to do a trial. And I was like, like no way, like Burnley, Premier League club, like that's, that's, that's mental. So I says, well, when, when they want me down, I was expecting to say like maybe a week, two weeks. And he says, uh, they want you down for 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Not really. This is a quarter past eight at night. And I says, right, so how's this working? He says, well, they've, they've paid your hotel and, and everything like that. He says, you just need to get there. And I didn't drive at the time. So uh, I jumped in the, I was on, on Scotrail and everything like that looking for the trains and I got a train to Glasgow, train from Glasgow to Preston and then from Preston down to Burnley, right? And I get picked up about half eight, nine in the morning, and then trained at ten on the Wednesday, trained the Thursday, trained the Friday, and then the weekend off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I come back up the road for the weekend, and then went back down on the Monday and played against Fleetwood on the Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, and I. Like I, I'd kind of 
suspicions that they're going to sign me quite early on because we've done we've done a wee eleven v eleven game and I scored like four or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the teams were kind of mixed, so I thought, well, if I'm scoring four, and this is what they've got so far. Then I'm thinking, surely I'm, I'm in my chance here. So I kind of put my head down, and then we played Fleetwood on the Tuesday. And all, all the way along, they were kind of asking, like, what age are you? How many years left have you got for 23s and all that kind of stuff? So I was, I was thinking, they're obviously thinking about something. So played Fleetwood on the Tuesday. Um, my old teammate, Barry Nicholson, was a Fleetwood 23s manager. Right, okay. Um, so he was talking to me before the game, and then I played. We won 3 1, I scored one set up two. Done really, really well. And I come off and Barry Nick, he said to me, if they don't sign you, we'll sign you. And I was like, yeah, I must have done all right. So right. I'm in the change room after it, getting showered, changed, whatever. And I go out to get something to eat and the manager was like, like, we what off here, like, a deal. And I was like, like I, it, was, it was a surreal moment. I was a bit like, I was just, honestly, going through my head, I was thinking, how have I went for having a kick about my mates maybe two and a half years ago to maybe getting a move to a Premier League club here. Um, So it was a case of coming back up the road and trying to get out my contract at Kelly. Right, okay. And I come back up the road and I couldn't get out of the deal. I could not get out of the contract. Um, Spoke to my agent. I says, like, what's happening? And he was like, well, it's, it's not happening. He says, unless... The club will basically agree to, to let you go and it's not happening. So I had to, to stick it out. And to be fair, Lee Clark, Lee Clark involved me. So at that time, I wasn't as. I, I should probably have pushed it further Aye. and, and harder mm-hmm. to, to get out at that point. But I didn't because I was involved with the first team and I was. Um, I was on the bench and I was getting on and things like that. I was playing my twenties and uh, my one of twenties team were in the semi final of the cup. So mm-hmm. got to got to January and I'm bumbling the phone again. They were like, "Can you get down? Like the deal's still here for you. Yeah. You can get down." And uh, I just I, I never ever get out that contract to get done. But we got to the semi of the youth cup. And then at the end of that season, my contract got terminated. Crazy, isn't it? Is that, so, your, is that your biggest regret? Like, that move never happening? Aye, probably. No, no, no for the move not happening, but for myself not pushing it. Right, okay. I should, I should have... Obviously, at that time, I'm young and... I don't really, I don't really know the ins and outs at all. So I'm no, I know what to come across as somebody that's, that's big, like trying to be bigger than what they are. Right. So I never really, I never pushed it as much as I, I probably, probably could have and should have. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be one of my bigger regrets. But probably my biggest regret was the the day my contract got terminated um, when I was in the in the office and they're, they're talking to me about it all and um, you get asked do you, do you think you deserve your, your, your next year and your contract and 
straight away I'm thinking like, like definitely like that, sh- that shouldn't even be in in question I'd played 30 odd games for the first team no the 20 sorry and uh, scored I think something like 18 goals as a white player mm-hmm. numerous assists involved with the first team um, still only 19 at this time so I still had plenty of time to to grow as a player and and stuff like that, but it never ever happened. Um, I never, I never, I feel I never really got the the full opportunity to come out to to go and um, express myself, and especially when when Lee Clark left and Jig took over again. I think some, I don't know what it was, but something something maybe didn't click with me and Jig at that point, and um, it was a case of my. My opportunities became less and less, and uh, I was kind of—I was finding myself more and more at the, at the picture. Um, but the day they told me that I was getting released, I should probably stuck up for myself a bit more. Right. Um, but at that point in time, you're, you're young; you don't really know how to go about it without coming across as either arrogant or cocky or just a, a pain. Mm-hmm. So I never really I never really questioned too much about it, but I should have, I think. Um, but definitely, they two, they two are standout regrets for me. So when the Kilmarnock, when your deal at Kilmarnock got terminated, did nothing, Burnley no try and get in touch or anything? No? Was the kind of deal off I, the table? I, I went back down to Burnley. Um, I was down at Burnley for pre-season. Second set, no, first session in. We just done our testing and stuff like that. Everything was looking well. Uh, first session done, Michael. Um, my, it was it was something that a boy a boy honestly run into me. Right. Like we were running and he went to run across me, and like stood in the outside Michael and Michael just kind of caved. Um, so they they basically they gave me. Three weeks to get fat, so I was doing all the rehab and everything down there, and then played against Colm and uh, and a friendly. Okay. And uh, I done all right. Set up a goal. We won one nil. And then after that, the manager basically said that it wasn't it wasn't going to happen. So I come back up the road and walked my way. I ended up getting down to Middlesbrough. Um, my old coach at Kilmarnock, Paul Stevenson, was now the Middlesbrough 23s manager. Right. So I went down there, and uh, it was basically just a, a load of bad luck. I know you hear hear that a lot by people saying, um, "Oh, if, if I didn't get injured, I'd have done this, I'd have done that." But for me, it's like hundred percent genuine. I went down to Middlesbrough, and uh, I hadn't really been playing much up here so I wasn't as fit as I, I probably should have been mm-hmm. um, we played a friendly against South Shields or North Shields whatever it is South Shields I think it was South Shields um, and we we won 3-1 and I played alright again but I played the 90 but I was I was gubbed and then after it they said they want you done for only six weeks and I was like brilliant so it was a case again back up the road and it was uh, trying to keep fit till this happened so I was out running 
kept having a wee twinge in my knee. And uh, I thought it was maybe because I was running in the concrete. So I moved to the grass. And I was running and I just, I went to check off one day and it was my knee just, I knew there was something wrong with it. Mm-hmm. So I had to get in contact with my mother's brand, tell them that my knee was something up with my knee. Um, so that put that off the table as well. Right. Okay. And then that was that was that was my luck. Then that was it was torture. Nice. Right. So, you go to train the juniors. Yeah. How did that come about? Because. You're going for Middlesbrough, like you've got these kind of deals with Middlesbrough to train. Was it just to regain fitness or was it to just get that kind of... Uh, basically, uh, train and train get in contact. I had junior teams phoning non-stop. No. And I thought train was, train was kind of local, good pitch. Aye. Um, so I thought I'd go there and, and just play for a wee bit and, and see what happened. But I was in there and I was training at Dumbarton and I was... Um, I had clubs like in the lower leagues of Scotland wanting me to like, sign with them and stuff, but mm-hmm. ultimately in my head I was like, I know, I'll be honest, I thought, like, I, w- I, I couldn't see myself playing in the lower leagues of Scotland. Right, okay. I just thought, see, because I had the offers for before and stuff, like, yeah. not that I wouldn't entertain them, because obviously you've, you've got to be open-minded about everything, but I just thought that I could have, I could have got a better move than, than that. So it was a case of getting into training, trying to keep fit and just play games on a good pitch and a good surface and, and try and get noticed again. And uh, I was scoring goals for fun there. It was it, it was a really enjoyable time, actually, to be fair. What's the, stand, what's the standard like? What's the standard like there? Because like, folks say like, the junior leagues are just hard, hard guys, but you have got to have a bit of talent, obviously, like, surely, to play in that kind of uh, level. The standard at Troon was all right. It was actually decent. With a few boys that I'd played at Kilmarnock, ended up going there. All right. So the, the standard wasn't bad. Um, but, like, like see, like Darvel now, like, the standard there is, is scary. Mm-hmm. Like, com- comparing Troon then to, like, Darvel now, it's, like, leaps and bounds, like, massive jump. Um Going back to Troon, the standard was actually it was good. You've got a couple of ex pros there, like Dean Keenan, and mm-hmm. and he, he was brilliant with me. Uh, he he's still a, a good friend, like he's really good with me. Yeah. Still keep in contact sometimes, and uh, it was just it's a kind of culture shock when you go for maybe you're playing in fifty thousand seat stadiums and stuff like that. To, you're playing in front of maybe 200 folk. It's a, it's a big kind of, it's a big jump. Mm-hmm. It's a big culture shock. And, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time at Trun. Uh, so I've, I've not really got a bad thing to say about, about Trun or all the juniors. Good. And when you were at Trun, Cardiff came not. Yeah. How did that uh, come about? I'd heard we, we can ask stories that Cardiff were interested. Um, and and making down, so they sent their, I think it was our chief scout or the chief scout for like kind of ever our area Scotland okay. uh, to watch we played again someday. Can't even mind someday in the someday in the cup, 
and I, I, I played really well. Scored, set up a couple, and then it was after that game they get in contact. I mean, they said like, "Where you come down?" And uh, Hibs were watching me as well at that point, so it was a. I was unsure where, where to go, so I went into Cardiff. I thought, I, I need to try my luck down south again, so I went into Cardiff. And then played, what would that have been? We played QPR, Watford, in Coventry right. when I was down. And uh, we we beat beat Coventry 2-0, two, two drew the Watford one each, and beat QPR 4-1 or 5-1 and I played really well. I thought I'd I'd done well. Um, Didn't score though. Um, So after that, they basically told me to come back down and um, play play pre-season with them. So I come back up the road and I went back down for pre-season. I'd, I'd done pre-season at Queen's Park up here because obviously we, we go back earlier than they do down south, so I, I, I was fit. And I went down south and we went to Cornwall with the first team. Um, and we played something crazy. It was like eight games in 11 days. Really? Uh, so it was, it was really, really tough. But they basically told me from before the only thing I, I, I hadn't done was score. Right. So um, I, I was basically I made it like a mission to score. So the first game we played Tarswell, um, and there must have been two or three thousand folk at that game. Really, it was, it was a, a good crowd. For that's like a kind of a kind of junior team down there, Tarswell. Yeah. So we played them, beat them three one, and I scored. And straight away, I'm thinking that's a, a good start. Then we played Bodham or something like that. Or we played, played a couple of teams down there. Um, and I, sc- I ended up scoring like seven goals at the eight games. And I'm thinking, surely like, that's me. So it was a case of coming back up the road and waiting. Because they said they'd be in contact in the next couple of days. And Aye. it got a week went by and I'm thinking, surely... Surely they've been in contact there now and then they get in contact and they were like, so you need to send us your date of birth and all this kind of stuff. So I'm thinking, oh, there's something I deal with. That's why they're needing the date of birth and, and all that kind of stuff. And then I didn't hear from them for about a week. And then they got in contact with me after about, about three, four weeks. And they just said that it wouldn't happen. And I'd I'd, I'd done three, three or four times and I'd played... I played about twenty games for them, um, and as a wide player, I'd, I'd set up goals and I'd, I'd scored about maybe seven, eight goals in twenty games, which wasn't a bad return for a wide player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt really, really hard done by them there. I thought that um, I thought I definitely merited a like a deal, whether it be a year deal or a two year deal, even a six months deal. Yeah. I thought I definitely had merited something, but it wasn't to be. So you're back up to Scotland and then you get the move to Albion? When no, you're saying- Albion, was, Albion was before... When would that have been? That was before Cardiff. Right, okay. So you were at, Al- you were at Albion first? 
Hardly Troon. So I was at Troon from the what would have been about the August to the February. Right, okay. And then uh, I moved to Albion in League One for the last kind of eight, eight, nine games. And then uh, then I went back down to Cardiff. Who signed you for Albion? It was Brian Kerr. Right, okay. What was he like? Very good. Was he? Very, very nice guy. Um, it was him and Stuart Malcolm. He's the fourth manager now. Ah, right, okay. Um, Brian Kerr was he was he was really really good, mm-hmm. really nice guy. He always took time to speak to you, and uh, but we we were in a difficult position when I signed. We were I think second bottom or, or bottom, and only eight games to go. And I think when I had six, I'd, I'd trained and I'd done well in training, but I hadn't played in in like three four weeks. So we were playing Alloa. And also they were kind of challenging for like the kind of playoffs, so they were a good side. And mm-hmm. uh, we played Allo on the Saturday, and I'd only trained the Thursday night. So I played in the Saturday. I ended up going in. He messaged me on the Friday night saying, "How's your legs?" I know when a manager messages that you don't want to say, "Oh, God, they're not good." Man. So you, you say, "Oh, they're fine, they're mm-hmm. brilliant." Mm-hmm. And then I turned up on the Saturday, and my legs were heavy. Nice. Um, and it, it took me in and he says, "Just, just starting." I was like, Jesus, here we go. This is going to be a long 90 minutes. Um, but we get beat 2-1. But I, quite enjoyed my, I enjoyed my time there as well. Honestly, I've, I've not really had a club that I've not enjoyed my time with, if I'm honest. Um, every, everywhere, everywhere's different. Obviously, everywhere's going to be different. You've got different people. But I think, especially when you get to the lower, lower league teams, the... There's so much more effort put in Aye. to make you feel more welcome. Yeah. Whether it be people in the back, like in the background, working even in the ticket office, or whether it's the the folks selling the pies or the folks selling the programmes, whatever, whatever it is, they always make that yeah, a bit more yeah, effort. It's, for you, it's, like, it's like a community feel as well, isn't it? Like it's they're all together, close knit. Just now you. Fat, like, sorry, you, on you go. No, on you go, on you go. But even like fans, like you know, maybe like I I just trained in this the uh, Thursday night, played on the Saturday, and after that you're getting fans coming up and talking to you. Aye. So it's these things like that. It's just obviously there's no no thousands and thousands of fans, but it's still wee things like that make it make it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. You get to move to Queens Park as well. Gus McPherson's there. Gus McPherson obviously been there, done it with like St Mirren and things like that. What was he like as a coach? Gus was, well, I was in at Queen's Park before I went back down to Cardiff. Um, and right. Gus had basically said to me before I went down, if nothing happens, then I'll sign you like, no ball. Yeah. So I come back up and um, I was kind of waiting to hear, obviously, for Cardiff, and I was waiting to hear for other clubs and stuff like that. So I'd said to Gus, can I just come in and train now until I get back so I went in and trained which was brilliant of him to let me train yeah. and it was also brilliant of him to let me do a pre-season with him pretty much right. um, before I went down so um, I went in there trained and then I'd head back to Cardiff and there they were playing Kilmarnock in a, a friendly alright and um, he said to me like, I'd, I'd just found out for Cardiff that um, 
I wasn't I wasn't gone there. So my head wasn't in it, but I'd agreed to play because it was more club and that I thought, well, might as well just play. Right. And I remember playing and it got to half time and I was thinking, I've been shocking. Like I've right. my head was on it was just my head was away and um like one thing about football, you've got to be mentally like ready for it because there's a lot more lows and highs. Definitely a lot more lows and highs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of them. So it was me trying to deal with that and playing and playing against some of your mates who you've played with for a couple of years, three, four years, and you're seeing them do all right. And you're thinking to yourself, how are they doing all right? And I'm not. And it's, it's a whirlwind of emotions, but it's one of them that I was glad I was glad that after that game, because he took me to the side and says, I've, I've just heard it. Like what happened at Cardiff, he says that I shouldn't even have played you. I'm sorry for that. And Aye. I thought, well, he's a genuine, genuine guy, and he's going to give me the opportunity to to come and play. And then obviously getting to play in hand in every every home Aye. game, Aye. it's not something you get too often. So I had to take that chance. Just very well on that. Like my dad was we played with Gus when he was at Rangers in '85, '86 in the youth team. He said Gus even then was a great guy. And he's just obviously from then. He's just obviously took. Being around like the kind of Rangers team, then he's obviously took that with him and the kind of management himself. But uh, well, Mark Roberts comes in at Queen's Park shortly after that. I think does he come in as Gus's assistant? Aye, Mark will come in for uh, to be Gus's assistant at the start. Yeah, what's Marco like as a guy? Just tell the viewers. Oh my god, he's mad as a brush. He's, <laughs> he is honestly, he's one. He's one of the 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 best characters I've. I've been in a changing room in that way. He's hilarious. Um, he's just, he's just, he's like, it's like one of the boys, even though obviously he's had a good career in that, playing my air and Kamalak and stuff, but Aye. it's as if he's never really changed for that. Nah. Obviously, what you'd be like in a changing room, you get the jokes and the laughs and all that kind of stuff, but he was, he just carried that on. Even as a manager, there was a serious side to him, and you, you could see when he went for the assistant to the manager's job. It was like a like turning a switch on because it changed, but he was still one of the boys. Like I travelled him, um, as a, when he was the assistant, me and uh, a boy I, I played with out Darvel, Jamie McKernan. Uh, we we used to meet up at the the athletics, but in Kamarp. Aye. Um, and one of us would drive, and um, it was the three of us, and the last we used to have on the way up to games and stuff like that, and. He, like Marco would, he'd always have this thing, he was dead structured on time. So even if you were like a minute late, he would leave you. Really? He would, he would be like, I'm away. <laughs> and he'd phone you, he would phone you and you're like, I'm, I'm literally I'm at the roundabout and he's like, I'm away. I'm away. Like, I, I, don't, I don't wait on people that are late. And you'd get there and he'd still be there, but he'd be like, as you're getting out of your car, he'd start like, drive, starting to drive at the, the car park. <laughs> You're chasing him with your boots and all that, try to, try to get in his car. Aye, someone. And he's mad into heavy, heavy metal. Is he, aye? Aye, like, mad into it. I couldn't believe it. We were, uh, obviously, me, me, me and Jambo aren't really into all that kind of stuff. So when we were in our cars and with our phones in, he used to just sit there like, what is this? Like, this is nonsense. And then music before a game, you don't want heavy metal before a game, geez, oh. No. You want something kind of upbeat, so you just sit there and be like, what is this? And 
I was sitting, it was just me and him jamming, can he make it to train one night? So it was me and him in the car. He's like, ah, do you want to hear my music? And I was like, ah, I only go fire it on. He puts on a slip knot or something like that. And he just <laughs> starts like screaming to it. And he knows every word. And I'm like, surely you're not listening to this? And he says, that's what I listen to. Yeah, like heavy, heavy metal. Crazy. That's hey. it. That's my ideas, because who actually listens to that kind of stuff? Nah, he's, he's crazy. But as you said, a good career as well. Like, uh, and Jinky can add a connection with you because you were local to him. Like. Well, probably. I'd seen him kind of floating about Rugby Park a couple of times when I was at Kelly. And I always spoke to him. Always mm-hmm. spoke away to him. Um, and then, when he was the air manager and I was younger, I used to go to air games and that, because I was fair. So. Aye. I'd always kind of known who he was and stuff, and then when I seen him, I was I'd just come out the gym at Queen's Park and I was going to do the changing room, and uh, I had seen him pull up, and I had an door, I jumped out on him, <laughs> and then from then on, uh, we were we were dead close in that, and we, we, that was when we decided, oh, we'll just travel together because you're coming for Kamala, I'm coming for air, it's, it's a no-brainer, and then Jamie right. joined in, so it was it was straight away like fair then. I still, still keep in contact with Marco regular. Nah, he's good. Um, so, for then, we've, had, we've been quite close and still are. Mm-hmm. So, you then move on to Annan. Like, did you, when you were in the lower leagues, like, did you feel as if you'd something to prove because of what had happened kind of down south and at Kilmarnock? Like, did you feel that that was your chance to kind of get that move you wanted kind of down south? Aye. Well, even... When I when I went down to when I went to Annan, I had a couple of offers for other clubs, but Annan the season before had done very very well. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the, the budget they had, I don't I don't think their budget's too great to be fair. Um, we'll we'll respect them, but it's the same as every club in the lower leagues. Um, they've got to make do with what they've got. So mm-hmm. the season before they they had a right good season. They finished fourth. Um, they get into the playoffs and they made the playoff final against Clyde. So I thought it's a good shout to get in there and, and play. And I went down and I hit the ground running. I scored a hat trick my first uh, pre-season game against Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I done well, done well at the start. And then I don't know what happened. We kind of we went through a kind of bad, a kind of rough patch, and one day we were picking up points where we should have. And uh, I thought I was probably the easy option because it's always the easy option. See if you're a manager. See the wide player, mm-hmm. hook the wide player, and and maybe go. I don't know, change change formation. Maybe two up front instead of one up front, and then you can nullify the need for a, a winger right. as such. So uh, I found myself on the bench for a few weeks, and that's when it that's when it crossed my mind. I was thinking, why am I travelling this? Why am I doing leaving the house at half three, four in the afternoon to get down to try and miss the traffic to get down here for training? two nights a week and travelling down here on a Saturday to not play. Mm-hmm. So I kind of spoke to Peter Murphy and to be fair to Peter, he was, he was brilliant. He's such a, such a, such a lovely guy. Um, good manager, good, good knowledge of the game. Um, but we kind of agreed to, agreed to disagree. I want, I didn't really want to be there at the end, but he wanted me to be there. Mm-hmm. He says like, it's just unfortunate timing and stuff. Like, with what's happening, and then obviously the coronavirus hit, but they offered me a new a new deal this year, but with the 
my baby and that coming, I thought there's no there's no way that I'd be like sacrificing all that time again. No. With the travel and because you're doing that six hours of your day. You're doing uh-huh. two two hours down, two hours training, two hours back, six hours. A long time. No. As you say, like if you're if you're starting every week it's it's worth it. But Aye. if you're if you're not getting that run in the team, it just feels as if you're sitting about when you could be kinda of closer to home. Like Aye, definitely. And it's it's not that see if you're playing see if you're out the team because you're maybe not playing well at all. No. Can understand it, but see when you're you're doing all right, or you're maybe setting up a goal, or you're you've scored a goal, and then you find yourself at the team. That's when it that's when it annoys you because you think is it personal? Is it something Aye. I've done? Have I said something a tongue that's that's put me in this situation? Um, but as 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 I've said, with all my clubs I've been with, I've been fortunate enough that I've never really had a club that I've, I've disliked. Mm-hmm. Do you think as a wide player as well, you're under more pressure because you're always expected to like create and contribute like goal-wise and things like that? Definitely. Um, as a wide player, you've, you're, you're judged in your, your final ball on it. Aye. Like if you're a centre-half, you're judged in clean, kind of clean sheets and your defensive battles. But same as if you're a full-back, you're judged in well, a modern-day full-back. Their job's to stop crosses coming in and putting crosses in the, the other opposition's box. But... As a wide player, you're, you're constantly involved, so you've got you've get you've got to be fit. You've got to have good end product. You've got to be able to score. You've got to be able to cross. For me, I think you've got to be able to use both feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all these wee things you've got to have. Um, and ultimately, if you're not if you're not setting up, you're not scoring, then you're you're going to find yourself at the team because they rely on you to. To produce that in the upper third of the pitch. As well as that, we'll just talk quietly about your coaching as well. You started your own coaching kind of program. How did that kind of come about? Has that always been the plan? Like with after football, is that always getting into coaching? I'll be honest. It was a kind of no spur of the moment, but I had um, I thought about it for a wee while, and it was a case of like kind of. I was either going to do it or wasn't he? And I, I didn't really like the idea of getting a proper job. Right, you get okay. me? Yeah. Um, I wanted a job that I'd still be kind of active, kicking a ball or involved in football. Um, and I thought I might as well give something back because I've got I've got the experience and I've got the the knowledge on football. I think that I could give something back and hopefully I end up with a player that goes on to a player or two even. Yeah, because I want to have a, a good, a right good career in football, whether it be junior level football, winning cups or whatever it is, or yeah. going on as seniors and, and doing really well. Do you think there's a responsibility as well, like because there's not a lot of players coming through, like there's there's that added pressure to find that that kind of player? Aye, aye. I also think like I can give them. The difference I always think the difference between me and see somebody that's maybe no disrespect to them, not played the game. Yeah, at a high level, the difference is I can, I can kind of. I've obviously I was at boys club and I worked my way up, but I've also played nearly every every league in Scotland. So mm-hmm. I know the the requirements to to get there. To make it, I know like self sacrifice and dedication and all that kind of stuff that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas maybe people that haven't played the game, so when you can say, 
oh, you need this, you need that, you need this, you need that. But if you've not actually been there and done it, I think it's very, very hard to actually get your points across and, and get people to like believe in you as a aye, coach. Aye, Especially when, when, when you're coaching their kid, mm-hmm. whose who's ultimate dream is to become a footballer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you've done a bit of work with Chris Boyd and his academy, was it last summer? Yeah. Like, was that how did that come about? Did Chris just ask you to do it? Or? That was basically um, Boyd asked what I was doing in the summer. Um, because we're still keeping contact, even now, still keeping contact, but with uh, with asking what I was doing this summer, and I just said that I was um, not really up to much, and I asked how to come and help out, just doing mm-hmm. the coaching. Was that good? In, because it gave me, a wee, gave me a wee kind of feel for what I was going to go into. But even mm-hmm. even then, I'd never thought about going into coaching. Um, and, uh, it was not until the kind of October time that I thought I'd maybe get a wee go. Aye. And while the kind of coronavirus has been going on, like you've been doing very well, like doing like Zoom calls with like I think you did you have Kenny Miller on, like Lee Clark yeah. as well, and Leroy yeah. Leita as well. Like, how's yeah. that? How's that? How's that for the kids? Like having the kind of players to speak to, kind of thing as well. Plus yourself, I think, that knowledge. I think players. I think all the kids enjoyed it. Um, I hope they enjoyed it. Because it was it was a lot of hard work put in to try and get these kind of guys to come on and speak to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more a kind of I was doing I was doing me Zoom calls and that like we we kind of ball mastery sessions and we fitness sessions and stuff like that for all the kids I kind of coach to to keep them motivated, give them something to look forward to, and and keep them active during during the lockdown. But I thought I'm going to try and get some some players that I know to kind of give a bit back as well and see if yeah. they enjoy speaking to them. So, Leroy, uh, Big Christian Nadi, he was the first one. Aye. Um, then I ended up, I get in contact with Leroy. Leroy came in trial at Kelly. Right. Um, so that's how I knew him. Aye, okay. I came in contact with him. Uh, I got a hold of Kenny Miller. I get Lee Miller, who was at Middlesbrough and played him at Kelly. And no, I got a load, load, of, load, of, load of right good players and, and players that are uh, that have played at the highest level internationals and stuff as well. So it was a case of just giving a wee bit back to the kids and it was uh, a wee kind of reward for them. Obviously, if they'd been doing sessions with me through the day, then they get this wee thing at night that they get to go and talk to a professional footballer that's, that's played at the highest level. and. And getting me tips for them because I can give them all the tips they want and and tell them what it takes to be there. But ultimately, I've not made it as a top top player. I've made it as a professional and I I've done well. But like Sir Kenny Miller, going and playing the Premier League and scoring against England for Scotland and that's wee things that kids will maybe never ever get to do again. Mm-hmm. They might never get to speak to these players, but at least I gave them the opportunity to come on and ask a question and. It wasn't me asking questions. I had to take their names down and I would go around every player who had a wee question and they got to ask the player themselves. Yeah. So it's about building confidence and about building their characters as well as um, getting getting to speak to a professional. Absolutely, that's brilliant. Uh, are you ready for a couple of quick fire questions? Well, can I change, the, change them? Not a problem. All right. Who would you say is the best player you played with? Best player played with? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, 
Who was that? Come back, Dan. Right. <laughs> right, best player you played against? Van Dyke. Van Dyke. Favourite pair of boots when you were growing up? Predators. Probably. So you wanted the big tongue that you could get that real elastic bit on the bottom? Aye, I thought you were going to say total 90s because of the kind of Torres. Nah, nah, wasn't it? No, no, I didn't wear them. Actually, just the other week there, get see the boots I made my debut on, I'd managed yeah. to find them again. Like, so I've, I've, I've ordered them. They've, they've came, I've got two pairs of them sitting there, so I'm, I'm rolling back the years. Very good. Uh, Favourite player growing up, would you say it was Torres? Yeah. Aye, I'd say probably just tips Ronaldinho. Mm-hmm. Uh, an interesting fact about yourself that nobody else would know. Um, Doesn't need to be football, it can be anything. Oh, interesting fact. Not that interesting to be fair. I'm quite, I'm quite just laid back. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really do much. Um, I've been on soccer again. Have you? Yeah. I wasn't a guess, but they done a wee bit when I go scored against Dundee, just in case nobody knows that. I think I remember that actually. I can't remember that. It was like, was it not, did you take on? Did you take on a few players or something? It was like a skill. No, no, it was the boy at chip tour, and I'm like the kind of corner of the, the box, and I, I volleyed it first time. Like on Aye. A half half zinger, and it's when flying nice. at the far top corner. Very good. Uh, Favourite film and TV show? TV show... I quite like Gordon Ramsay. See that Gino, Fred and Gordon? Aye, it's good, isn't it? Quite like that when that's on. Um, Film... I would go... I love Step Brothers. Aye, it's good, isn't it? Good film. I love Step Brothers. It's one of the things you could watch over and over and over. Still funny. And we'll go back to the question. Favourite player you've played with? Favourite player I've played with, I forgot about that actually. Um, Favourite player I've played with is Boydie. Boydie. And Just because if you're in his B teams or anything, you always knew if you, if you get the ball to him, kind of five, ten yards out, it's a goal. That's a goal, yeah. yeah. It's one of the best finishers I think I've ever seen. Just how. Aye, definitely. definitely. Right. And also, if you didn't win, and you were doing the runs, you knew you were only finishing last. <laughs> so, we'll just kind of finish up in the future. Signed with Darvel, back to the juniors. Obviously, kind of the now, we don't know when you'll be starting up again, kind of playing, but it just buzzing to get back into football. Aye. Um, it's, we, we were training for a wee, a wee couple of weeks here, but obviously everything's had to, had to stop again until Monday coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just really looking forward to getting in there and, and hopefully hitting the ground running. Obviously, I'm a bit closer to home for the for the baby and stuff like that. So Aye. it's a lot yeah. handier. And it's, to be fair, it's probably one of the best setups I've been in Aye. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it's the way it's all run. You've got your your strength and conditioning coaches. You've got your sports scientists. You've got your coach. Your, your assistant manager. Your manager. Like everything's everything's top drawer. The, the pitch, the, the changing rooms, everything's top level. So I'm really looking forward to the season ahead. Good, that's good, mate. And as well as that, like obviously new kid in the way, like already are you just buzzing just to get that your kid here and get you know, starting the family? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, just looking forward to, obviously, you don't want to wish the years away, but looking forward to them growing up and hopefully following in my footsteps and kicking a ball. And I've given them a couple of days off now, but the one to one starting Monday. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, obviously, though, you've still got a bit of time left in the tank. Are you still thinking the big move still still going to happen? Aye, I'm still I'm still hopeful that if I have a good season at Darvel and obviously I think they'll be they'll be a top team in the juniors next year. I'm I'm sure they will be. Um, and I, I think I think clubs will watch us. So I'm hoping that I go and have a good season and hopefully get a a good move next year. Yeah, even if I don't, then. It's one of the things, and I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it the best best go I've got. But right, um, we'll, see, we'll see. what happens. Nice. Thank Thank you so much. Much. Nice. Thoroughly enjoyed it, mate. Thanks very much for coming on. Not a problem. Thank All you right. very much for having us. Cheers, mate. Been great. Thanks. Brilliant. Thank Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.